promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. Don't regret this, Lord. I'm a wonderful person. except to love one another, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and any other commandment are summed up by this commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. Besides this, since you know the time, it is already the hour for you to wake up from sleep because now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is nearly over, and the day is near. So let us discard the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk with decency as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual impurity and promiscuity, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and don't make plans to gratify the desires of the flesh. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this is Romans chapter 13. This is our epistle text that's coming up for this Sunday. And I expanded it just a little bit to, to fill in the two, the two pieces here. First, uh, Romans 13, he gets done talking about uh, obeying the state. <laughs> In, in, in many ways, the, the owe taxes, pay tolls, show honor, honor the emperor, all, all those things. Things that we don't necessarily like to read, uh, but what it's speaking to us of is that we should be good citizens, right? We shouldn't be fighting against our, our state um, because we need to set an example for people. And then he says that we owe, do not owe anyone anything. Okay? Do not, do not feel yourselves indebted to anyone except for this that you love one another, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. And then he lists a bunch of, of the laws, telling us why it is and how it is that we are to love our neighbor, that, that word love. We were talking about this the other night at, um, at Limbo. But that word love is uh, uh, the word agape, which, which means to decide to love. It's not just unconditional love. It's a deciding love. It's a conscious decision to say, I'm going to love uh, the unlovable. I'm, gonna, I'm going to decide. I'm going to make the choice that I'm going to love this person that no one else wants to love. And maybe I find it hard to love. And so when it says to love our neighbor, it's not talking about loving those that are going to love us back. It's saying loving those that might be very hard to love. You know, that cranky old man at the end of the street, the, the, the person next door who voted for the wrong guy, all those different things. Um, and so he's wanting to set that up for us. But then he says, besides this, and this is where we get into the adventy portion of, of the text. Besides this, since you know the time, Advent is, is a question of time. Advent means a coming. Uh, Advent 
the, the, a large percentage of the texts that we would be reading during Advent are a lot of texts talking about particular time, either time of, of Christ's first coming or Christ's second coming, I, either the beginning with the incarnation of Christ coming into the world to save us from our sins, or the conclusion of all time when Christ comes to judge the quick and the dead. The, the, the Advent is, is all about time. And so here we have this Romans chapter 13, uh, beginning at verse 11. Besides this, since you know the time, since you, since you uh, take the time to understand that, that you are in a particular time, that you are always in the end of days, that pretty soon Christ will come, telling us that it's already your hour to, to awake, to stay awake, to not slumber or sleep, because now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. He's writing this in the first century, and, and now even closer. Christ is closer now than he was when Paul was writing this 2,000 years ago. That Christ is going to come. And we have to continue to realize that. We have to continue to recognize that. We have to continue to remember that that, that day will come when, when the, the trumpet sounds and Christ comes to us to... to bring us to be with him, to, to raise the dead finally, to bring the fulfillment of all the gospel promises to us. And so there's this call for us, especially here in Advent, uh, to be reminded of that. We should be reminded of that, right? That, that Christmas is not just about holly jolly Christmas, uh, Father Christmas, Santa Claus, presents and goose and ham and mashed potatoes and and fire and, and, and trees with tinsel and garland and all this other stuff. That's all nice. That's all pretty. That's all uh, cultural things that we've brought in to help us to, to ring in this, this time of the year. But it's a time for us to be reminded that Christ came once and he said he'll come again. He already did it the first time. He's going to do it the second time because he's one who keeps his word. He's one who keeps his promises. So we have to be reminded of that. And so he says, the night is nearly over and the day is near. I love that text because what it says to us, what it says to us is that uh, the, the time of darkness, the time of the working of darkness, the time of, of sin and shame and death and all those things is almost over. The light has come in the world as Christ being the light of the world and the the complete extinguishing of darkness is going to come soon. The enlightening of the world with Christ coming anew again for us to, to, to raise us up, to bring the new creation into the world, the, the new Jerusalem, the new heaven and the new earth is close at hand. And so Paul says, so let's discard the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. That this, this is where we get this that portion in our, in our prayer that, that we've been reading this week. Uh, the, the, to put on the armor of light, to put on Christ, the light of the world. To say, okay, let's get ourselves ready here. Let's just not go about our day, but let's be those, those virgins who, who uh, have their lamps filled, ready and waiting. So even though they fall asleep, when the cry rings out, that the bridegroom is here, we are awakened and we are to light those lamps and welcome the coming King. And so then it says, let us walk with decency as in the daytime. Let us walk as ones who all are 
movements, all our doings are being seen, are able to be seen because we're walking in the light of day, that we're walking before others. And so he makes a list, not in carousing, drunkenness, sexual impurity and promiscuity, quarreling, jealousy. This is a list of things that um, oftentimes seem a little, well, except for quarreling and jealousy, seem you know, a little, you know, old fuddy-duddy type things, right? It's, it's where the church gets itself in trouble, I think, uh, with our culture. The culture doesn't understand why we wouldn't want to uh, sleep around, why we wouldn't want to take advantage of others, why we wouldn't want to just uh, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Because we have a king who's coming for us. And we've been called to live in a certain way. And then we also have to take into account the fact that uh, not doing those things is a way to love our neighbor. Not using someone for the gratification of our own flesh is a way to love our neighbor. Because otherwise, if we are using them for that, we're, we're dehumanizing them. We're seeing them just as a thing, an object. And the same with carousing and drunkenness, because God knows what will happen with that. Uh, and, and that doesn't mean that we're teetotalers. But here the the picture is one of just absolutely uh, unhinged hedonism. Going about the world to do everything we can to, to pleasure ourselves in every way possible. Often without giving thanks to the one who has given us all things to be thankful for. He says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Be clothed with it. That the word being used there is to actually put on a garment, to, to, to put on a jacket. So put on your Jesus coat and don't, don't make plans to gratify the desires of the flesh that you've been bought with price. This isn't about fundamentalism that we should be punishing you if you sin and you need to come forward and recommit your life to Jesus or, or whatever the case may be. But no, this is a regular calling to us to say, you are not like the world anymore. You've been bought. You've been purchased. You are new. Christ has redeemed you from sin, death, and the devil. So don't go around enjoying those things again. Uh, Enjoying the old life because you've been made new. Hold on to that. And so here in this Advent, we're reminded, yes, we enjoy our time together with family and friends, but it's also this reminder of, he came once, he's going to come again. Let us live out this calling of being buried with him in baptism and raised to new life, that we might love one another in a way that Christ has loved us. Let us pray. Almighty God, give us grace that we may cast away the works of darkness and put upon us the armor of light now in the time of this mortal life in which thy Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility. Then the last day when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the quick and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal through him who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost now and forever. Amen. Church, go in peace. Serve the Lord. We'll see you tomorrow with our gospel.